0: Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. We're talking about the ministry of helps. How many of you got anything out the last time that we talked about this? Amen. I appreciate Miss Amy last week, you know, filling in for me. She's a wonderful job and had a great topic. She's talking about being faithful. And uh, you know what? That's that's an important component in the ministry of help. So let's just kind of review for a minute. Um, all of us are in the ministry of helps under Jesus. Every last one of us. Because it's Jesus' ministry in the earth today. And he assigns us to places and, and things and jobs to do you know um, we talked about the fact that, that all of us have a, a couple of things that he's already called us to do and the ministry of reconciliation is one of them the fact that we're ambassadors for him is another and then he puts us in a local church and honestly I, I do realize that in today's today's society that things things go around you know the habits and, and trends and fads in the church world they resurface on a regular basis so there's nothing new Currently, we see a resurgence in, in house churches. Well, you know, house churches were, were what was happening in the book of Acts. But house churches, you know, were necessary because of the day and the age that they lived in. They did not have a central location to go to. You know, they weren't going to the temple anymore. So the only place they could go to to meet together was in homes. That is not true today. And so God has set it, set it up so that we become part of a local church. We are members of the body of Christ at large, but in practicality, he needs us to be part of a local church so that, 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 that being part of something is demonstrated on this level. Amen. You know, you can't be part of the universal church, but you can be part of the local church. And so in the local church, what he's done is he's put pastors in places in local churches that have a vision that God has given a vision to that church. There's a specific reason that they're there, a specific purpose. there. for, there's a specific plan. And, and you know, today I look around and, and I see so many churches and they've got a logo. They've got a concept They've got a marketing theme, but do they have a vision? It sounds good. You know, what they're saying sounds good. You know, this is, this is our church, da 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 da, 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 da. This, little, this little one-liner kind of thing. Is it a vision? Is that a God-given vision? Not always. I just look at it as a marketing thing, you know, just like uh, Coke, it's the real thing. You know, that that's what that is so many times. But a church needs a real vision. And God puts us all in the local body to help fulfill the vision that He's put on that church. And the pastor is here to direct that vision. And it's up to us to to do something about it. It's not just one or two people, it's not just twenty percent of the congregation, it's not fifty percent of the congregation. It's not 80% of the congregation. It's not 90% of the congregation. It's 100% of the congregation's responsibility to see that that vision is fulfilled. If this is where God has put you, then it's your responsibility. Nobody is exempt from that. Oh, well, you've got so much stuff going on already and so many people, people are already filling all those spots and so you don't need anything else. Yeah, we do. There are people who fill more than one spot. There are people who are, who are serving in three and four different areas. would be nice for them to have a break, you know, from all that. Now, there are some people who get addicted to serving, and they will do as much as you will let them do. I remember years ago before Pastor Greg went, uh, before he even got married, he was doing something everywhere all the time. And I said, you know what, you, you need to slow down. Somebody else can do some of that. And he's going, well, you know, it needs to be done. I said, I understand that. But you don't have to try to do something in every department. You know, but that's the heart he had because there was a calling on the inside of him for the ministry. And when you're called to the ministry, you will do anything and everything that needs doing. You won't look at anything and say, oh, I don't want to do that. You won't look at anything and say, oh, no, that's beneath me. Oh, I you know, I'm not gonna do that. Listen, I will clean the toilet still. There have been times when I have. I will get down and scrub a floor if it needs scrubbing. I'm not above that. No minister should ever get above doing anything, whether it's menial or whether it's ministry. Because menial is ministry. If it involves the local church, menial is ministry. And every one of us should look at it that way, that there's nothing that is too lowly, nothing that, in our estimation, there is no such thing where God looks at that. There's nothing too mundane. There's nothing too unseen. Listen, all I care about is the fact that God sees. God's looking. He's seeing what I'm willing to do. He's seeing what I put my hands to. doesn't matter if anybody else sees it. It doesn't matter if anybody else comes along and pats me on the back doesn't matter if anybody says, oh, you are so good at that. They don't even have to know I did it. That's the life we should live in where the church is concerned. Because God has put us in a place where there is a vision. If you don't know what our vision is, Acts twenty six sixteen, go take a look and read it. It's a real vision. It's not a logo. It's not a marketing scheme. It is a vision straight from the mouth of God. And so we are here to fulfill that vision. We looked at the last time about the fact that God, God sees the ministry of helps as, as a ministry. Now, do not get that confused. So many times people get into, into church and they get started in a particular area and suddenly it becomes my ministry. Don't touch my ministry. What do you mean bringing somebody else in here? I remember one time uh, uh, there was a particular person who was in a department head. And um, we were, were trying to do some things in that department. And so had a meeting. We brought this other person in who had some real talent that could be a real asset there. And this department had looked at this other, other person and said, uh, what's she doing here? Excuse me? They had suddenly come to, come to a place where there was my ministry. I didn't invite her. Why did you invite her? Listen, you ain't got no ministry around here. You serve at the pleasure of the pastor, and he serves at the pleasure of the Lord Jesus Christ. And anything you do here is under that. There's no my here. I don't know why I'm getting down this rabbit trail, but I am. So anyway, it it is God's ministry. It is the Lord Jesus Christ who's head. It is the pastor who's in charge. And if he puts you in charge of someplace, you serve at his pleasure, and you can be removed at his pleasure. You know, Donald Trump is proving right now that he can put you in, he can take you out. You know, I don't know the ins and outs of it. And I'm not here to say it's good or bad, but I'm telling you what, that's, that's the way it is. And so all of us, you know, find ourselves in a place where we need to serve. It's not just an option. Well, I don't want to. Well, no, it doesn't matter what you want to do. I never gave my children an option of what they wanted to do at home. If you're part of a family, then it's your obligation to be, to take responsibility in that family for what goes on in that household. I never gave my children allowances for doing chores because I figure that they're part of this household. They're part of this family. This is the way they share in the household and the running of this household. It's their job to make up their bed. It's their job to take the trash out. It's their job to wash the dishes. It's it's just their job. Nobody pays me to do their laundry, and I'm not going to pay them to make up their bed. I'm not going to pay them to 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 mow the yard. I'm not going to pay them to wash the car. It's being part of the family, and all of us share equally in the responsibility to make sure that the family is taken care of. You know, I, w- I was just writing some things down this afternoon and um and I came up with this. The purpose of a local church is to help believers along the journey of life that God has laid out for them. We're also here to to fulfill the the vision that the church has been given. But, you know, in the middle of all that, God has benefits for us as believers when we become involved in the ministry of helps. And see, my my whole thing here, my whole focus here of this last session and tonight is to let you know that what a blessing it is to be a help in the local church it's a blessing. It's not just, well you just want somebody to do the work. Well yeah, we want somebody to do the work. If you won't do it, somebody else has to do it. But when the the load is shared equally by all, then the job gets done gets done well without somebody getting burned out. I've been in church all my life, and I have seen many instances, many occasions where people were so involved in the local church that they got burned out. And the only reason they were that heavily involved is because nobody else would do it. Now, if I'm not mistaken, you tell me, Lori, when you guys first came to us, let me just tell on her, if you don't mind. I, you know, too late. I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> when they first came to us, they had been involved in another church somewhere else, I think down in South Florida. And for it, was, it took a long time to get them to come to church. Anything other than Sunday morning? Yep. Am I telling the truth? Yes, I am. It took a long time, even when they started coming Sunday night, then when they started coming Wednesday night, it took a long time for them to get involved in the ministry of helps because they had been sadly abused at the last place they had been to because they were never in church. Hmm? They were never in church To just feed. You were in in the church, but you weren't... Yeah, you were not in the service where they could get ministered to. And so around here, you know, that's why we have attendance requirements. That's why we only want you to serve X amount of times outside of a service. Because we want to make sure you get fed. We want to get to the place where she found herself, she and Wendell found themselves burned out. Even, you know, I, I know of other people, you know, who've been at places where they were involved in children's ministry and, you know, they're, uh, they're, the concept of the church they were at was that there was always a class for children, which means they were always out of the main service and they never had an opportunity to get built up. They were staff and they never had an opportunity to get built up. See, that's wrong. That's just wrong. You know, Buddy Harrison years ago when we were out in Tulsa sit, made a statement that I, to this day, I love. He said, when your outgo exceeds your input, then your upkeep becomes your downfall. Now, that's a more powerful statement than you realize if you don't stop and think about it. When you're outgo, when you're putting out more than you're able to take in, then just maintaining your life becomes an issue. You know, and so we've had over the years opportunities where we have had to go to somebody and say, you've just been out of, out of church too much and you're, you can't serve in this department right now because we want you to get into the service so that you can get yourself built back up. And they got so angry with us. Well, number one, that's in the guidelines when you go into a department, especially a children's department, where it takes you out of service. Those are the guidelines. We've got it. This, these And the reason is for the benefit of the worker. We don't want them to get to the place where they are burned out with things. The very reaction that we got when we said, we're going to take you out of here for a while so that you can go back into the main service and get built up, that very reaction told us why they needed to be in the main service. Their outgo had exceeded their input. You know, and so, man, I am nowhere near my notes. Absolutely not. Uh, But uh, God wants you to be a part of things, but he wants everybody to do their part so that nobody shoulders the burden to an unnecessary degree. You know, people say, well, you know, well, I I don't want to. Well, they've got a heart problem. I don't want to serve. you got a heart problem. My, if my heart is the same as the heart of God, my heart will be to see others blessed. My heart will be to be a giver. And, you know, we give on a lot of levels. We give not just of our time and our talents and our abilities and our finances, but our time is something that we can, we can invest in people. And it's it's something that people don't want to well I, I don't want to be out of the main service, really? You don't think God could bless you if you miss that service now, on a side note, another rabbit trail, we have a fantastic service in here. Don't go to the nursery, pick up your kids, oh man, you missed a good one. That doesn't help them. The best thing would be to them is say we had a really great service, and I believe in God that he will make that up to you, that he will bless you in an equal measure that we got blessed because you served in here with these children. I thank you. I thank you for being willing to be in here. You know, see, when I, I took my grandkids to the nursery for all these years when Nate and Mia and Jack were little, every time I would go pick them up from a department, I would, I would look at the workers that were in there and say, thank you. Thank you. As parents or grandparents, you know, if you ever were involved in in getting a child from a department, say thank you. Always say thank you for what they do. They're getting, you know, serving in the tiny tots it may not be. Today might not have been a great day in there. I was just reminded just this week that there are 11 kids that are really regular in the toddler room right now and the vast majority majority of them are in the process of potty training. Now if you've ever worked in there at all, or if you're a mother, you understand the dynamics of that. You've got eleven of these little wonderful blessings to deal with every service. Listen, it's not always easy. But I'm telling you what it helps if you just walk in there and say, I've come to get them. Aren't you glad about that? But thank you, thank you. You are such a blessing to me, such a blessing to my child, such a blessing to the church body at large. You don't have to say that every time. But a quick thank you is always appreciated. Lots of rabbit trails, folks. Sorry. 1 Corinthians 12:18 says but now God has set the members every one of them in the body as it has pleased him. We talked the last time at the very end of the service Ephesians 2:21 talks about being fitly framed together, Ephesians 4:16 says we are fitly joined and compacted together. Don't ever say I don't care about that department. You know, well, I don't want to do that. I don't, you know, I don't like that. I don't I don't care. It gets done, I don't care. Well, then you're saying you don't care about what's precious to God. You're saying you don't, you don't care about serving the people that are precious in his sight. Because anything and everything you do relates to somebody else. It's a support to someone else. It's a blessing to someone else. It's a, it's a help to them. That's what's the ministry of helps. You know, it's a help to them. Be conscious of the fact that, yes, you do care. You do care whether this gets done or that. You know, people walk up at times and say, well, in fact, a Doug and Michelle here, when the first time they came, they walked up the sidewalk and looked at all the flowers and the beds and went, here's a church that cares about, it, about what it looks like, how it presents itself. You don't ever know. You may consider something that you do as a, something as a small role that means nothing. It could mean everything to somebody. Steve Green talked the other day about, about a man who, who took him all the way to the front road and made sure he was, he was there that he stayed because he was about to leave. That man took the time. To, I have followed somebody out before who's like a second-timer here and walked out and said, hey, Doug, how are you? And they went, turn around and look at me, do you remember my name? I went, yes, I remembered your name. The very fact that you determined to remember somebody's name in case they come back can, can make all the difference in the world. Michelle Green said that she didn't come here the first time because Jackie Benefield had invited her. She came, she decided she didn't like it at all Till she went to the nursery to pick Jonathan up and he had a dry diaper. And you think, so? This is the first time she had ever left that child in a nursery when she came back to a dry diaper. Somebody in the nursery cared enough to make sure that baby had a dry diaper before mama picked him up. What you do as a greeter, what you do as a teacher... What you do as a rover, just being in this in the auditorium and being kind and nice and sweet and hospitable to anyone who's here can make or break their opinion of the place that God has brought them to for that service. You are all in the ministry of helps, and this this is nothing in these notes. <laughs> You know, we look at the Ministry of helps as things. Okay, teacher, sound, audio, video, choir, singing, musicians. You just look at those things. There is so much more that every one of us can participate in. Every service. Just being, going out of your way to be friendly to someone. Coming up the sidewalk, seeing a piece of trash, picking it up see some other sheep dropping somewhere in the auditorium, pick it up. I remember there was an old TV program called Chico and the man. Does anybody remember that? And his favorite, Chico's favorite pra- phrase was not my job, not my job, not my, see it, boy, it dates some of us now, doesn't it? Not my job, my, not my job, <laughs> and he was Puerto Rican, and And see, so many times people come into church oblivious of things that could be done, that this piece of trash could be picked up, that bug could be picked up, that bug could be taken outside. You know, know, we've had big bugs. We've had chameleons. We've had those little tiny gecko things, you know, that kind of scurried in. Grab them. Put them out. You might not care about them, but... You might, you know, help some lady from having a heart attack over that gecko. <laughs> you go in the bathroom and it's messy, wipe the counters down. You know, I'm, I, I used to clean houses for a living, so I, those things impact me when I go anywhere. You know, if the counters are all wet where the kids have strung water all over them, you know, I'm going to clean the counter up before I leave. You know, there are things we can do, practical things that we can do. But what are other things that we can do? We could come in here ready for church. We could come in here with an attitude of, I'm going to receive today. We could come in here and participate. During praise and worship, instead of thinking about next week's business and next week's job and next week's everything or what we're going to do today or how mad you are at the kids or just put it all aside and become a part of the praise and worship portion of the service. Then there's praying. You know, you could, you could be praying under your breath during the service. You especially should be praying under your breath or just praying quietly during any invitation not zoning out, amen, not going, how much longer is this going to take, Pastor? I mean, you've explained it three times to this lady, you know, what speaking in tongues is all about. Can we go now? How about praying so that she gets it? How about praying? You know, there's a lot that can be said about just praying at different parts of the service. Then there's responding. That's part of the ministry of helps. Do you know that? Responding the serves A good, loud amen ever so often help somebody. You know, you can come in as a minister. You can come in with the best sermon ever. And if everybody looks at you like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm yeah, yeah. It can fall as flat. It's your job to sit there and make a pull. Make a pull. Draw on the anointing. You can come in here with practically nothing, and if you people are hot, it'll pull it out of whoever's in the pulpit. Yeah. There is so much involved in the ministry of health beyond what you normally think about. There really is. And we need to start seeing ourselves every time we walk in here. as My name is, may not be on the official schedule, but my name is on God's schedule. I am on duty. Miss Kendra didn't have to print it out. I am on duty. This is my job today. I may not be assigned here, but I will take my assignment to worship God. I will take my assignment to draw on the Holy Ghost. I will take my assignment to pray for whoever's in the pulpit. I will take my assignment to pray during the invitations. I will take my assignment to look around me and see if there's anything I can do. I will take my assignment to look around and see if there's anybody I can minister to, to just, just, just say hello to. You can't just stay in your own little spot when it's time to meet and greet. Meet and greet, oh, can we get past that? Do we have to do meet and greet? Yes, you do. Amen. It's part of the ministry of helps. You may not think it means anything. It does. It does. There are times, at least for me, when, when I, it's time to do meet and greet, and God's got somebody on my heart, and, and you know I get real focused, you know, and I will ignore five people to get to the one that God's got on my heart. I need to go find that person. I need to go see that person. I need to just give that person. Listen, there is a ministry available to you even during meet and greet. If you will avail yourself of it, God can use you even during that. There is no downtime when we're here. There's you're on duty, folks. You need to act like you're on duty. Hallelujah! Thank you, Pastor. Amen. You might say, you know, in certain areas, well, you know, I don't want to do that because I don't have anything in common with those people. I don't want to go to a fellowship. I don't have anything in common with those people. Yes, you do. You do have something in common with people. You have the same Father. You have the same Lord. You have the same Savior. You have the same anointing. You have the same calling. You have the same home waiting for you. You've got a lot in common with those people. Never dismiss a fellowship as something that you don't need to do Amen. because you don't have anything in common with those people. Yep, you do. And the more time you spend with them, the more you'll find you have in common with them. That's part of the ministry of helps as well. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, we're going to have to have a third, third one on this, I think. <laughs> then there are people who say, I don't need anybody. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. If you walk in and you sit down in one of these chairs, you need all the people who made it possible for you to sit there. Somebody turned on the AC. Somebody turned on the lights. Somebody is singing. Somebody is recording. Somebody is preaching. Somebody is ushering. Somebody is with the kids. You need every person who's on that schedule. Yes, you do. You do need people. And the fact is, when you become a part of the Ministry of Helps, you become connected more to people. You really do. You connect with people. Isn't that what it was talking about in, uh, in Ephesians, both in chapter 2 and chapter 4, about fitly framed together? We're never supposed to be apart. We're always supposed to be together. And it's amazing to me that people who don't invest anything in their local church never seem to get anything out of it. You invest yourself in something, you will value it. And if you value it, you will fight for it. And if you'll fight for it, you'll have a great reward waiting for you. The reward not only comes from God, but it comes from people. You know, when when people do not get involved in the ministry of helps, they become this little island unto themselves. And nobody really thinks about them anymore. It's not intentional. Believe me, it's not intentional. But the more time you spend with other people, the more they become aware of when you are having problems, when something is bothering you, when the enemy is, is mounting an attack in your life. It's easier for them to spot it and it's easier for them to have God say, "Listen, you need to go minister to that person you need to, you need to pray for them, you need to encourage them. you just you need to lift them up you, you need to do something. but people have all you know over the years i mean we, we've seen it time and time again, somebody gets upset because nobody in their time of need, nobody reached out to them. Let me ask you, how connected were you to them? How connected were you? Were you connected at all? Do you just come just sometimes? I'm preaching to the choir. You're the Wednesday night group. I know, I'm sorry. But do you do you do you invest anything in them? Do you spend any time with them? Did you invest anything into their lives when they were going through something? Did it ever occur to you that they might need prayer? Has God ever brought somebody to your mind and you went, eh? Okay. Just I just thought about them. No, when God puts somebody on your mind, that means you need to do something. You need to do something. You need to find out what it is you need to do. Do I need to pray for them? Do I need to call them? Do I need to write them a note? Do I need to just go see them? What do I need to do, Lord? Do I need to give him something? Do I need to bless them somehow? I mean, what is it I need to do? He doesn't bring somebody to your mind without a reason. That's another part of the ministry of helps is to make the connection with your brothers and sisters that God has placed you in the body alongside. Amen. Thank you. It's part of sowing and reaping. When you sow, you'll reap. You want to reap some, you know, help at some point in your life? Sow some. Sow some. Hallelujah. People who are maturing, growing up in Christ, will exhibit two qualities. Number one, they will build up and add to the welfare of God's family, the church. And number two, they will learn to minister to others. See, you have to have a heart. You know, Jesus, let me go in here. Matthew 20 and 28 says, The Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister And to give his life a ransom for many. Listen, you didn't become a believer just to be served. But you came to be a believer to also be a servant. And nobody ever loses the role of servant. Nobody ever goes beyond the the bounds of the role of a servant. We are all here to serve. We are here to serve at the master's pleasure. And I want my master to be pleased. I want him to say, well done, good and faithful servant. I want him to look at me and say, You did what I asked. Have I been perfect? Absolutely not. Do I get so, do I get all wrapped up in the affairs of my own life at times? Yes, I do. You know, we will all we're human. We all have, have these areas where we will we will not always be as as cognitive of what we need to be doing as we should. You know, but you know there's the heart issue here. My heart really is to be a blessing. My heart really is. You know, to, to help someone, up, to be a blessing to someone else. First um, Corinthians twelve twenty five says, it says, talks about that the members should have the same care one for another. I look around sometimes and I see certain people who have such a heart for other people. And I see other people who don't really act like they care at all about anybody else. But when it's time for a me thing, me has a need. Me has a concern. Me has a problem. Well, me needs to have the same care for someone else. And there are ways to be a blessing outside these walls. You know, not not just to strangers, but to fellow members of this body. You know, there's, there's places where we could be hospitable. You know, when I, when I think of hospitality, the, the thing that comes to my mind right away is, is the Morgan compound. You know, I've never seen people who so readily open their home to so many people so much of the time. It's the truth. And they shouldn't be the only people in that position. There is a gift of hospitality. I, I know that. There is a gift. But there is probably a lot more of us who could do a lot better at being hospitable. You see somebody who's fairly new? Offer to take them to lunch. If you don't want to take home, take them home and cook for them. Take them to lunch. Just say, you know, I know she's been here a couple of weeks. If, would you come back next Sunday and make plans to go to lunch with me? Sometimes the spur of the moment thing is best. Sometimes they look at you like you're a stranger and you're offering to take me to lunch. Set aside some extra finances to be able to say, let's go to lunch. Doesn't that have to be something expensive? Let's go to Sonny's. Let's go to El Toro's. Let's go to Moe's. Let's go, you know, something. But there's a hospitality effect that we could really have a little more impact in. Um, seems to me like somebody, didn't you, Michelle, didn't you guys tell me about a church that you went to or knew of down in the middle part of the, of the state that, New people, they would have vis, they would recognize visitors, and let me see if I got this right. Right, they would recognize first-time visitors, who they were, and after church, there were people who would make a beeline to those first-time people and offer to take them to lunch that day. They came prepared. Now, I think that's fantastic. Am I asking you to do that? No, I'm asking you to be open to that. There are things outside the service times that you could do around here. There are, there are things. I mean, Do you know weeding is not the most wonderful thing in the world? I hate weeds. I hate to get my fingers dirty. I hate dirt under my fingernails. But it's something that needs to be done. You could be an anointed weeder. You really could. Curse those things as you pull them out so they don't come back. <laughs> I've got, a, I've got an anointing for weeds here. I'm a devil-killing weed killer, you know, whatever. But, you know, it makes, it makes a difference. You'll say, well, I don't want to be, I'm not pulling weeds. Well, if you don't, somebody else has to. So when Pastor Greg says, you know, if you agreed to pull some weeds, you know, come faithful to pull weeds will make God take notice of you. There are other things. We could go on all kinds of categories of things outside the actual service setting that you could be a blessing. Do you have a talent in a particular area? Are you good at something particular that you could you could use your ability on around here for something? Then say, listen, I've got time to do this. Do you have a need? We may not at that particular moment, but there might be another time that we do. But to know that, that somebody has given themselves a um, And said, I'm available. If you need something, let me know. It would be such a blessing. Pastor Greg and I and Steve, you know, we find ourselves outside, you know, regularly. You know, go around. You see something, you pull it. You see trash, you pick it up. You know, you see this, that, the other, you take care of it. I was thinking the other day, I was thinking, Lord, I would love to have somebody that would just come in and have such an eye for detail that they could go around and straighten the plants up in the lobby, straighten the chairs up in the lobby, make sure the ladies' bathroom is not, you know, got water all over the counter, you know, see if there's some trash, just see if there's something out. You know how, you know how many times I've been so distracted when we had plants all over, the, all over the platform when somebody had knocked one over? It would just bug me the whole service. I would love to have somebody who was so attuned to those things that I could walk out and go, everything is as it should be. Because for me, I see all those things, and it bugs the dickens out of me. I go to the lobby before church on Sunday mornings, and somebody's knocked the chairs all around, and I'm over there. I'm going to straighten that thing up. It's not going to stay like that. But just have somebody who would come along and say, Pastor, I will take care of that. You don't have to worry about it. I am. I am on duty for the lobby. What a blessing that would be. Not that it takes much time or effort, but just to say, I'm going to make sure it stays straight. You know, kids, they come in, they slap slap themselves down, you know, and the chairs go backwards and all this kind of stuff. Just I'm, I'm constantly straightening lamps, straightening chairs, straightening bushes, you know, straightening something all the time. That would be a real help to me not to have to be concerned about that. So if any volunteers, let me know. Hallelujah. Um, the concept of helps has to start in the heart. This particular verse means so much to me, even though it's Old Testament. 1 Samuel ten twenty six says, was talking about Saul. It says, there went with him a band of men whose hearts God had touched. That to me is the essence of the helps ministry. People who are there because their hearts have been touched. Not because they've been railroaded into doing something. Not because they've been nagged into doing something. Not because they've been harassed or shamed into doing something. It's because they have a heart for it. They have a heart. If that was true in Saul's day, he can be true today. The New Testament talks about being of one heart, of one mind, of one accord. When we are all in that place, then the help, ministry of helps becomes a place that is wonderful to us. A heart that's the same, a mind that's the same, a one accord and then we're all looking out for one another, all looking to do our, do the best we can do. To to me, the essence of ev- everything is something that pastor said years ago when um, the Lord told us to come here. You know, we had been home from, from Ramah just 10 days when he met with a group of people over here for the very first time. You know, and, and that Thursday night, they asked him, would he come back on Sunday? And so we, you know, he came home and he told me that, and I said, we just can't keep doing this every week. He goes, well, nobody else has asked us. Well, so then when they ask us about moving over here, you know, the Lord, he says, well, Lord, I'm not a pastor. And he he basically told him, he says, to see the need is to have the call. If you see something that needs doing, that's not being done, that is your call. God's calling you. If you see it, if you recognize it as a need, then you recognize the fact that God's. Having you see it so that you can fulfill it. You can take care of it. Hallelujah. Psalm ninety-two thirteen says, Those that be planted, get that, planted, planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. Some people don't flourish because they never let themselves get planted anywhere. They never become a part of anything. They never, they never connect to people. And see, God always intends for you to be connected to people. That's why this whole philosophy today about just home churches and just, oh, just the Bible says, I don't need a pastor. Yes, you did. God would not have put pastors in the body of Christ if you didn't need them. He would not have established a local church if he didn't intend for you to be in one. Doesn't it say over Hebrews, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together? That's the local church. Hallelujah. There is a grace to serve anywhere. Lord, help me. I have served in every place in the church, you know, over the years, except the technical areas, which I'm not that good at. Uh, obviously, I, you know, I'm still asking Pastor Greg about certain computer things, and he just looks at me, and I'm going, don't give me that. You know, done. saw a thing, said one time, said, don't get, don't, don't get upset when I ask you to help me with this computer. After all, I taught you how to use a spoon you know something like that. So, you know, I am way up there, you know, for payback here of all the things he got taught, you know. <laughs> but but there's a grace a lot of times to serve in an area just because that position needs filling. But sometimes what I have seen is that grace turns into anointing for that position. Every role that is filled by anyone in the local church can be anointed. And it all depends on the attitude in which you fill that role. I expect to be an anointed trash picker-upper. I expect to be an anointed tiny tots worker. I expect to be an anointed audio guy. I expect to be anointed in the video booth. I expect to be anointed ushering. I expect to be anointed... As a greeter, I expect to be anointed just as, as a part of this service today. I'm anointed to be here, anointed to do something specifically designed for me today by God. But we don't always look at it that way because we don't expect any anointing. Because we don't expect the grace of God to be on us to do those things. But I'm telling you what, it's available. It's available. It's available. And your willingness to serve anywhere can open up opportunities that you've never even thought about yet. Never even thought about yet. You have no idea the things that God may be considering for you down the line. And so today is the best day to do whatever needs to be doing because you don't know what tomorrow could pray. Wouldn't it be terrible to get to heaven and find out that God had something much bigger than you could imagine planned for you, but you never qualified yourself, and it was sitting there waiting for you all along? Amazing. There's a a lot more I can say tonight, but I think I'm not going to. Uh, I I read this here just really recently. Somebody had written another pastor's wife had written this. And she said, if you're not actively involved in the local church, you should not be actively involved in giving your opinion about the local church. And I thought, go for it, girl. Yay! It's amazing. The people who gripe the most about any particular local church are the people who are the least involved. Hmm, somebody say, "Amen, sister." Amen. amen." If you are not actively involved in the local church, you should not be actively involved in giving your opinion. You know, over the years I have had somebody, you know, people just over the years, I just I marvel. You know, you, you put a lot of time and effort into, into, into a particular project, into a particular thing, and no sooner do you, you present it or you in the middle of it or whatever, well, why didn't you do it this way? Well, why didn't you do it that way? My, my, really, my, my flesh wants to rise up and say, well, why didn't you do it to start with? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we'll move on, obviously. Y'all really, that went over really well, really <laughs> well. Uh, you know what? Over in Acts, we'll, we'll close with, with this passage and I'll decide whether I'm going to do a third round on this or not. Say anybody say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Acts six. Here is a good reference. For the local church and what can happen in a local church when the helps ministry is not in place and why it should be in place. Chapter 6, verse 1. And in those days when the number of disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring. Anybody know what murmuring is? Complaining, Yes. Of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration, that is, distribution of food. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. There's a practical side to the ministry. And it's not reasonable for the people who are called to do the ministry, the the, the ministry of the word, to do the practical side, the, the physical side of it. it. Goes on. It says, "Wherefore, brethren, look you out among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business." See, as a minister of helps in any capacity at all, you should be full of the Holy Ghost. And it says in verse 4 but we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word the reason the ministry of helps exists is to keep the people who are supposed to be ministering the word from having to do it i read something today about about Jesus when he was in the boat you know when he went they were in the boat and Jesus was asleep and the waves and all that came and they were tossing and and the and the uh, the disciples woke Jesus up and, you know, help, you know, basically. And it said, if I can remember right, the way this was written, it said that Jesus was in the boat, that he has done his job of of giving the word out. Now the disciples were doing their job of getting him to the next place. But when they got in over their heads, when they needed help, when when there was trouble there, the pastor awoke and took care of the problem. Isn't that interesting? When Jesus had done his job and they were doing their job, something, a problem arose, he got up and helped them take care of that, showed them how to do it. Listen, there's safety for you when you're part of the ministry of helps. When something comes along that's bigger than you can handle, God will bring somebody in there to help you, and that's generally your pastor. How many times have I heard people say when there's something uh, something that seemed Not quite right. Um, A situation, maybe an outsider had come into the church or something was going wrong. And and I've heard people say it more times when, "I I know my pastor's looking out for me. I know he will take care of that situation. I know he'll make sure that doesn't come to anything. That's the way that should be. When the ministry of helps is in place and functioning like it should be, it gives your pastor the opportunity to do what he's supposed to be doing, and he's there to take care of the flock.